Preach good tidings to the meek. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives. Open the prison to them that are bound. Proclaim the acceptable year. Comfort all who mourn. Give beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. Give a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Make us trees of righteousness, plantings of God. Some of you, many of us, may be familiar with this passage that can be found in both the book of Isaiah and in the gospel according to Luke. What I read was an adaptation of that passage. As the historical context would suggest, it is a proclamation of sorts, suggesting that the dawn of a new and better day is coming. That those who have been looked down upon, cast aside, or unseen will be free, respected, cared for, and able to offer up their best selves for the greater good. There's a prayer, not just a proclamation, there's a prayer embedded within that proclamation that's older than the words themselves, that we would seek to do no harm to one another. Amen. The hopefulness of this prayer is that we have the capacity to pray it as often as we are called on to pray it and in whatever ways we enter into the spirit of prayer. The disheartening part that we humans have been praying that prayer, that we may seek to do no harm for a thousand lifetimes and are still praying it. See, the words of the gospel, this hope and this prayer that we may care for one another more deeply, no matter who we are or where we come from, is really about one thing. For me, it's about finding home. Home. It's about finding that place that fits us as much as we fit within it. Does that make sense? It's about trusting that when we step onto that land, wherever it is, or walk through that door, wherever it is, or encounter that group of people, whoever and wherever they are, we can be and bring our whole selves, all of it, without worrying about who's going to look at us funny or not take us seriously. And perhaps more than anything else, once we find that place, 
that home. Everyone around us will love the fullness and richness of our hearts as much as we are called to love our own. How many people know what I'm talking about? Not a home. Not talking necessarily about a place. You get what I'm saying? I'm talking about home. I didn't know much about spaces like these for a long time. There was something deep and, and really intense and powerful inside of myself and I could feel, I could feel it somehow. I knew it was there, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was and I couldn't, wouldn't dare let it out even if I had any clue. <laughs> Because I hadn't found that place yet. I hadn't found that home yet. Then one day, I happened upon a flyer for a benefit concert for Joan Nessel that a gospel choir was participating in. Something told me to go. I thought to myself, Somebody's doing a benefit for the founder of the Lesbian Herstory Archives in New York City and a gospel choir singing? I mean, it's New York City, so <laughs> anything's possible, right? <laughs> I had been in New York not very long, only a couple of years at the time. But there it was. You know, my truth was that I had never heard the words lesbian and gospel in the same sentence. There it was in front of me. So I, I quickly put that on my calendar. And when the time came, I got all decked out, didn't tell a soul where I was going because I knew that I would get questions. And I went. What happened while I was there changed my life. I get there and there are lots of people dressed in all sorts of really incredible and beautiful and brilliant ways. And we were in this huge auditorium and you know, Joan Nessel, for those of you who, who are familiar with her, he's been around, been in the community for a long, 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 long time and has really just done incredible work around putting, you know, putting these stories together. Um, so it was, it was quite something to walk into. You could feel the energy in the room. And then a group of 55 singers entered the auditorium from stage left and stage right, wearing black bottoms and black tops. We choir folks know all of what that means, black, black pants, black shirt. And kente cloth stoles, virtually identical actually to the one that I'm wearing today, but outlined in lavender fabric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for those of you who know me, you know. <laughs> that, that, that warmed my heart a little. And, and just as they settled themselves on stage, a tall, 
broad-shouldered, bear of a man, and some of you may know what I mean. A tall, broad-shouldered bear of a man with a goatee walked down the center aisle oh so gracefully, wearing a cream silk blouse, black mini-skirt, and I mean mini-skirt. <laughs> it was short. Bless him, it was real short. And a pair of black patent leather pumps, three-inch pumps, which I found out later. This was 1998, people, <laughs> okay? And as if I didn't have enough to be stunned by, Maria Elena Grant, who has been the chair of uh, this choir for many years now, stood in front of a microphone and spoke about their mission. At one point, as a choir member, you're required to memorize these words, but it's been a long time, so I'm going to read them to you. Lavender Light Gospel Choir is dedicated to keeping alive the black gospel music tradition in an environment supportive to lesbian and gay people with a special ministry to black lesbians and gays. They hadn't gotten to the trans piece yet, so it's not in there. It, I think they made it later, but. Through our performances and recordings, we seek to uplift, entertain, and educate. We strive to be a visible force in this world, offering strength, peace, and hope to our members and to our audience. I started to cry. I wasn't sure why entirely, but I did. See, that night, I witnessed and heard from the deepest places of these people's hearts. I watched them sing their hearts right out. They just left it all on the floor in front of them. And here's the key. It had nothing to do with how pretty the music was. It was gorgeous, mind you. They were phenomenal. And Greg Payne, who was their artistic director, who was in the silk blouse and the miniskirt, is a phenomenal director and, and piano player. Music was gorgeous. It wasn't about that. They weren't singing for singing's sake. They were singing because singing gospel music is what kept many of them going. It's what kept some of them alive. Once I joined Lavender Light a few years later, because after that night I had committed myself to being a part of this incredible group of people, I came to know that this deep desire to sing through the distress and to sing in order to give new life was something we all carried around within us. It's what brought us together as a community. It's what I had felt only a few years before but didn't understand. That I needed to cry out and I didn't know how and I didn't know if I was gonna get what I needed in the midst of crying out. And that gospel music helped save me. 
and it helped save all of these wonderful people around. The founders of Lavender Light, back in, I believe, the early 80s, I think they started in 1983, um, the first non-church-affiliated LGBT gospel choir in the country. These folks had no church to call home and knew of no church that would have them at the time. So this music, this gospel music, sung at events all along the East Coast and around the world, it was their survival. Like it had been for countless generations before them and like it was becoming for me. This is how serious gospel music is. Do you hear it? Do you hear what I'm saying? African peoples were singing sorrow songs during the time of slavery because their languages and movements and instruments, everything that they had known had been taken away. And so when they could gather in secret at night in hush harbors, anyone ever heard of a hush harbor before? Hush harbors were these places where folks would go in the night to worship and to gather because folks weren't allowed to worship and gather together as a group. So when they would gather in these hush harbors, for many of the only places they could truly be themselves, they would situate themselves in a circle and shuffle their feet so that the circle would move. They would sing and sing 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 for their lives these sorrow songs gave birth to religious songs known as spiritual some of which we sing in this church and after emancipation black religious music galvanized audiences around the world thanks to the touring of groups like the fisk university jubilee singers in the late 19th century by the 20s Storefront churches throughout America had moved away from the staid spirituals to a more unrestrained, emotive, and fervent form of religious music, much like many of us were forced to leave behind, often sung and played in whole congregations rather than in choirs. And then Thomas Dorsey, former blues musician, added a blues sensibility to religious themes, pioneering the style we now know as gospel. Clearly, it has been impacting the lives of people all over the world ever since. Without any knowledge of gospel's beginnings at the time, and quite frankly, if I were to be completely honest, steeped in my own internalized racism, I had relegated gospel to music that you know, people like my grandmother sang because they couldn't get down with what was current. This is, this is the stuff. This is the stuff. That I'm, I'm owning it. I carried it. Like, I can't get down with that. That's not new enough for me. But there was Lavender Light, made up of people from their 20s to their 50s, from all walks of life, all ethnicities, all genders, incomes, abilities, and very queer 
choosing not to keep their voices hidden, choosing not to keep their spirituality hidden, choosing not to lose sight of the possibility that they could be all they were called to be and still be in relationship with whatever source that gave them life. Choosing not to close their hearts, but to keep them open and ready to receive what this community they had surrounded themselves with could offer. And there I was, with an opportunity to understand what it meant in community to be truly vulnerable, to be fully loved, to be my whole self and to sing the song of my own heart that my ancestors had planted deep within me long before I knew myself. I took that opportunity. And it changed my life in ways that still catch me by surprise today. Having not grown up in church or with gospel music, I will admit, I worried about some of the theology, some of the words and ideas didn't quite resonate. And I know that that's true for one or two of us in the room. One or two. But it wasn't long after I joined Lavender Light and began singing gospel music all the time that I realized something that has really stuck with me. The various perspectives, and I know that there are many, embedded within gospel music are not going to resonate with all of us all of the time. But because we, we, us, all of us, reside in this place together, because we endeavor to become beloved community, it is always worthwhile to receive an invitation to take those perspectives into ourselves and hold them with care. Not because we care to believe them all, but because some of them may resonate deeply with someone we're sitting next to. Some of them may resonate deeply with people we care to be in community with. Some of them may resonate deeply with somebody who wants to just lose their minds in the pew on a Sunday morning. And so, because we reside in this place, that invitation to take in those perspectives and hold them with care is always I know one thing, yesterday, I'm speaking to the choir now, no pun intended. <laughs> Yesterday, my heart was full during rehearsal. <laughs> full. I think I can say all of our hearts were filled to overflowing 
yesterday. I learned some things about some of us in our wonderful community that I didn't know. I cried some, laughed, perhaps more than I should. Sorry, Linda. <laughs> and grew quite a bit. That willingness to be vulnerable, to really show ourselves, to be open to holding with care all of the perspectives in the room, it changed me. The hope is that it changes all of us. Maybe, just maybe, we'll get ever closer to that gospel proclamation. And by our very presence, by our very presence, be roots that sprout freedom, peace, comfort, joy, and love. Amen. Ashe and blessed be.